This hour sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage. is NAB Show Live. It's Monday, it's the first day of the show, so um, I've got some great guests here with me today. So first I've got Liam from New Tech, <laughs> recently acquired. Um, then Rinka from the IABM, Wesley from Celebro, and Nick from A Graphics. So thank you for coming. Um, so today I wanted to talk about new markets and territories. Um, so, uh, Nick, I'll start with you. Um, how, when you're looking at a new market or territory, how do you identify which are the best areas to go into? I think you've got to choose a market that, uh, that, you, that you're going to make a difference in. Um, it's no good going into a market where it's well served, uh, plenty of suppliers doing the same as you. You need to know it's somewhere where uh, um, obviously there's going to be a lot of work for your business. Yeah. Um, I think from our point of view, we're in sports broadcast. We chose markets where we knew that was a very vibrant market. Lots of lots of sport on TV and lots of sports rights. So, so which countries is that you're in? We're in uh, India, South right. Africa, and Australia. Okay. Yeah. And Wesley, I know that you've uh, entered into the US market recently. Yes, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very much living the dream at the moment. Um, so, so yes, we. Uh, uh, we opened our first office in the US just over a year ago now. Obviously, the project to get to that point um, was a lot longer. Uh, it's probably fair to also say it's still going to take us a little <laughs> bit longer to get there. Um, you know, we had some uh, very, um, I suppose, what looks like in hindsight, rather naive ideas about um, how quickly we would uh, dominate the US market. And uh, we've had a few surprises along the way. Uh, we've had to adjust our expectations along right. the way. I'm glad to say now we are back on track again, but it's certainly been a, a roller coaster. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, it, it's going into a new market is not something I'd be doing again with quite <laughs> jumping in with, with my two feet with such alacrity, possibly. And do you feel like you had to tailor your approach? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, particularly, I think, you know, if you're going into a market, I suppose, English-speaking world, you, you're, you're always thinking, oh, well, it's going to be easy. We all speak the same language. Um, you know, the reality is the language barrier in itself. Uh, there's no language barrier, but, but there, are, there are plenty of other barriers. And, you know, it is surprising to see how different the, the, the US business culture is to the UK. I mean, yeah. absolutely, completely different. Uh, alien, almost. So, so that's been a real surprise. An unpleasant yeah. surprise. An unpleasant surprise. <laughs> Enrico, obviously, you've... Uh, you lived in China as well, so um, you know about new markets. What's your perspective? Um, yes, well now, um, as representing IABM and, and as we're advising our members, um, who consist of over 550 companies, we, we often recommend that um, when identifying a new market, particularly an emerging market, uh, it's important to uh, do um, a profound professional market study beforehand and really invest in a local uh, study to quantify the uh, market size in the new territory, but specifically um, the addressable market size because it's not necessarily the, the total market that you can address yeah. with your product and technology. 
Um, so in this work, um, naturally, we would recommend to uh, work with local third parties or then, of course, do uh, internal market research uh, in-house as well. Yeah. And Liam, obviously, you've, uh, you've broken into lots more new markets as well as just territories. And, yes. You know, obviously, the stuff that we've done together, like going into like, trade shows like ISE and the AV sector. Yes. I mean, for us, it's very much looking at um, where is our technology complementary to that market space. Um, we're driving uh, a lot of business within the broadcast sector using our NDI IP protocol, um, but we're now starting to find that we can unify different markets and technologies with that. So uh, the same camera could be for AV or for production or for a teleconference, and we can start repurposing yeah. the same hardware. And um, if, the, if there's other markets that fit that kind of approach, you know, delivering content, delivering video, media across the network, then we, we can embrace that and, and look at that market space. Yeah, and has it been easy to break into different markets? I mean, yeah, it's very much so. I mean, we're, we're quite fortunate in that over the number of years that New Tech's been going that we have partners worldwide. We have a very established reseller network um, that's very territory based, so we have local language support. Yeah. And then we have members of staff in those areas as well. So for us to expand into different verticals within those different sectors and countries um, is, is, is pretty easy for us in a lot of cases if, if the technology is the right fit. And how do you find, I mean, like Nick, like with your competition, do you feel, do you watch and see what they're doing in these new markets or territories? Or? I, think, I, think, I think the market research is, is key. We, we try and establish what, what clients are looking for in that market, where the gaps are, so we, we go and talk to them and see them. Um, you can go in, obviously, there's that initial, when you enter a new market, it's great to go in with a proven product that, that for, from overseas yeah. does well. But, ultimately you compared against the competition so you have to have something better and yeah. you need to consistently deliver that um, so that, 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 yeah. that's really been our experience and what about you Wesley in terms of your competition so I mean one of the things that we found is is the product that we started to offer didn't exist and part of the problem was is people didn't necessarily know they needed that product yeah. Yeah, um, now that was good in some respects because it meant when you went to look at your competition um, you know, we specialise in, in, in multi-camera live studios that can be rented for you know an hour up to a day. Um, at the other end of the scale are, are your kind of movie-style studios, which obviously are, are not for live television. Um, or at the other end, very small studios suitable for one or two cameras. Yeah. So we repositioned ourselves in the middle of saying, well, actually, we think that people want these kind of medium-sized, quite large studios, very high-tech, and they didn't exist. Now, what that's meant for us is having to look at what, what, what our competition offers. So, for example, you know, one of our competitors might have offered a five-camera shoot, but that would be, involve five camera people. Obviously, our huge advantage, because we're all robotic, then that enables us to, A, have a more efficient production, yeah. but also a lot cheaper. So, really analyzing and understanding what your competitors offer uh, is important and, and then seeing what you can offer that is more. It's not enough just to be cheaper. You've got, you, you've got, yeah. you've got to be bringing some extra value to the table yeah. as well. And in some cases, as I say, that might be something that the end client doesn't yet know they want, but once <laughs> they tried it, they will love it. <laughs> they will do it. Excellent. So how do you gauge success? I mean, is it, you know, do you, do you set targets? Or is it... Yeah, no, I, I think it's always it's always difficult in that first stage because obviously you need to invest in upfront. You need to yeah. pull resources from the rest of the business. I think I think the key for us, are, the way we gauge success, is if we can we can build out from that first initial contract 
and start to bring in more work in that region. And, and crucially, the real success is when it becomes a real local business, effectively, which is our, our aim that we've managed to achieve in all three, where you're entirely a local staff, um, supported by the global business, but effectively seen as a local business within that market. So once that's established and it, it's regularly bringing in new contracts, then I'd say yeah. that's a success. Yeah. Well, I mean, what does the IABM like? If you're looking at new markets, what do you suggest to people in terms of how they can gauge the success of it? Um, well, I also think that um, it's it's very important to have a local partner and, yeah. and start actually from um, uh, the market research might be a good way to also launch a partner search and conduct expert interviews um, with local distributors and dealers, agents, um, maybe regulation bodies, um, also potential customers, and uh, that way uh, gain knowledge that how the, how the market actually and the, the sales network works in that market. Um, then when it comes to the setting up like, realistic targets, um, I think it's um, relevant to, to also think of the be patient in the time frame that it might take some time, even a few years, to, to get certain license or uh, reference sales, uh, which are highly crucial when you are breaking into a new market. Um, and in this work, uh, naturally, the, the local knowledge is uh, in, in key position. Yeah, what about you, Liam? What do you think? Um, in terms of gauge of market success for us, it's going to be things like brand recognition, uh, adoption of yeah. our technology and our approach. Um, you know, for us, we are a software-based company, and um, yeah, that's, that involves some changes to it. Um, but you know, if we can become like a de facto standard in that market in that area, then that's generally sort of deemed a success for us. When you've looked at breaking into a new market, do you have a plan if it doesn't go right? Is there a no. <laughs> is there a getter? <laughs> I think it's really difficult to pull out of a market that you've gone into. Obviously, yeah. that, that sends a real signal. So, I can't, I can't ever see us doing that. I think we, the very worst, would scale back if it wasn't yeah. successful. But I think once you're there and you put the flag in, you, you kind of, you kind of committed. So, I haven't really thought about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. What do you think of your experience, Wesley, that you've been going through? I mean, I think you know, it, it, there's also an element here where sometimes, sometimes new markets come to you. I mean, one of the yeah. things that, that, that we found in, in, you know, in our day-to-day -day running of the studio was suddenly there would be, you, you'd get these kind of trends that would just pop up. And I think it's really important that as a business, when you're starting to spot those opportunities and thinking, you know, for, for us, it just started off with lots more people wanting to do Facebook Live style broadcasts. That was just a thing that people started yeah. to want to do. So we then decided, right, there's a great opportunity here. It was really important for us as a company to then say, let's put some people on this. Let's try to develop this. Let's try to get to the front of this and start to lead on it. So I think it's also not just about sometimes identifying a new market, but also identifying when a new market has come to you. And, yeah. and really, that, that's a golden opportunity not to be wasted because what you want to do in those situations is, is, is make sure you're leading that market. If, 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 you are, if you're the trailblazer at that point, then you've got no excuse really for falling behind. So I think that's important. Is there a particular country that has been is easier to break into? Or? Uh, no, I mean obviously our, our experience was, um, as I said earlier, based on markets we thought we could make a difference. But we we were fairly unique in that we we uh, covered world class events in those markets before we break into them. 
So we use that very much as a kind of springboard for the commercial team to do the market research and engage with all the broadcasters within that market. So you had a great showcase of the company's talent. Um, almost like a free pass to be in that market and really, really show show a difference. So that kind of shaped our, and obviously English speaking, you can see where we are, we're kind of Commonwealth businesses. So the real challenge for us, next step really is, you know, to obviously once we open up in a market that's not, not primarily English speaking, yeah. I think that'd be a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, how does it distract for, does it distract from your normal business or you know yeah absolutely yeah it does yeah I definitely I definitely feel the pain of that over the the last year you know we've been in massive years expansion and it it steals focus there's no question that any expansion to a new market will steal focus and uh, you've got to be really careful that the whole focus of the building of the the organisation doesn't just switch towards this um, this this new market and certainly in our company we, we were guilty of that and and we paid the price for it so it, it's very tempting to to see the new shiny thing as something exciting and everybody wants to be involved with it yeah um, but 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 you need to you need to keep the home fires burning as well and that's really important yeah and is that from a start a team perspective and you know having to keep it, it, it's everything because you know any any major project you know it's going to involve ev- everything from your CFO down down to your kind of you know engineering department. Every single um, uh, member of that team is going to be involved in it, and also you're going to have people with um, different, uh, I suppose, biases or different prejudices or different desires. Some people aren't going to want to be travelling. Some people really do want yeah. to be travelling. So you've got to manage all that within the company as well. And it, and it, it, it as I say, it, it, it can take over the day-to-day operations if you're not careful. Yeah. What do you think, Liam? Is it like you're breaking into new markets as well? How does that distract from keeping your current customers happy? Or do they... Um, I get it. For us, we're sort of targeting a lot of sympathetic markets already, so it's kind of yeah. it's not that big a distraction for us. Um, if we were to go and try and go after sectors that were completely in- inapplicable and um, that didn't actually fit with our approach that we take, then um, yeah, that could be very distracting again because we're just sort of trying to reinvent the wheel a bit there, kind of thing. Um, so it, 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 again, it's going to vary. Yeah. And what's your one piece of advice that you would give to somebody? I'd say I'd, I'd, I'd say that first hire, local hire, is key. Right. I think the markets where we made a really good local hire early on, somebody who really understood the market, but also understood what we did, that made a world of difference. Because obviously you can put management part of that resource. You have to you, that that struggle is to be senior management into a particular market. But if you can find somebody at early doors who really understands it, that that, made, that makes a world of difference. I think just that real local on the ground knowledge. And, uh, How do you find those class. people, though? It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, obviously, our, our, our sort of area of sports broadcast is fairly niche. Mm. It's a fairly small industry, so we've all worked in it for well, me for 100 years. Um, <laughs> so you do know a lot of people already, so you've got a fairly good network yeah. and, and you know people. So, but yeah, it is hard, but that, that, I'd say that makes a world of difference. Yeah. 
Wesley, what's your one bit of advice? It's it's got to be it's got to be to focus on the product. I mean, you know, the you, you can get bogged down so much in the different jurisdictions, in the different legal situations, whatever. I think you've got to focus on your product first. Certainly, certainly as someone leading the business, that's what you've got to be doing. Um, and 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 the other stuff will follow. But but if you haven't, if you're if you're not pushing that product into the market properly, yeah. then you're wasting your time with lawyers to fix it. You're never going to fix it with lawyers. Rika, your one piece of advice? Yes, I, I think um, definitely um, a great way uh, to do risk management is to invest in advance for the preparations before entry, but also um, acknowledging that, um, that particularly if you go to an emerging market, um, uh, it's kind of all in that you cannot go with one foot um, and semi-do things and wait that the market comes to you. Of course, some trends will help you, um, but you have to have the, the foundations in place and, and really allocate uh, enough resources um, and time and, and effort uh, for the entry. Liam? Um, if it's going to be sort of territory-based new market, so you're trying yeah. to get into a new country, then it is going to be uh, local channel par partners, local language support to help with that. Um, you know, if you can find established partners in that space that you can partner up with, then it's going to make life a lot easier. Um, if we're looking at sort of market verticals, like in our case, and looking back into the AV space and other areas, it's actually in ourselves having the ability to sort of think outside what that product currently is. And can it be used in another context? Can we yeah. bring all those things together and actually just taking that leap of faith with it? That you know, With IP, it works really well for us because it's all the same fabric. We can do different things on that. But you know, we, we can stop thinking as a camera being for a particular job or a system for a particular job. And yeah, it, being a little bit brave with it always helps. And what's the, you know, everyone talks about China and APAC being where it's all going. Obviously, we've got the B word to cope with in the UK. So, you know, what do we think that's going to, you know, is there a new territory out there that, where the streets are paved with gold? <laughs> I mean, I think you know the the, the, the the Brexit question is obviously one that that, that affects almost every media um, uh, company or every production company in some way, whether you're an exporter um, of of goods or whether you're just working in a market, certainly in the UK at the moment, where there's a, a great deal of uncertainty. I think what's interesting is how we've seen possibly for, for those of us that are UK-based a bit of a swing away from London in the last year to two years towards centers like Amsterdam, which is which is very interesting to watch. And I think right. you know that may continue. So yeah. so so the potential for, for things to change quite quickly I think do exist there. So Amsterdam for me. Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so thank you very much for being on this panel this morning. Um, have a great rest of the show. They are saying that Christian Maghill from Christie Media Solutions is going to be Skyping in. But I don't know what's happening with that because I can't hear. Oh, look, there he is. Uh, we're um, part of the uh, UK Pavilion uh, this year, one of 11 organizations um, starting this year um, and with a, with, with a booth for the first time. Um, there's 40 of us in total as part of the Technology is Great area. Um, in the UK uh, pavilion. So it'd be fantastic if people are coming to the show to come by and see us in the South Lower Hall.
This hour sponsored by Addo, the power behind the storage.